Well, hello there, good people of the interwebs. Welcome to episode 43, The Orcs Are Farting Like Crazy. In this episode, let's take a stroll with the Grey Company as they meander the streets of Perbastet. If we look over there, we can find Elbrum, purchasing a very expensive bottle of halfling mead. Seated at a table in the Crimson Nib Nibbler's restaurant, we find Oraki treating Akmenis to the special. And back that way is Calidus, heading up to the Linus district. What business would cause him to try to escape from his guards? And can he sway a shopkeeper to let him exit out the back? While back in the apartment, resting, wait. Shit! Where the hell is Kalen? What words have the Grey Company spoken to make Amunet Sinet's eyes glow with inner light? What happens when burly players hunt down a giant elk? make sausages into the night, then crowd into a Leonid's tiny hut to catch a wink. How come the GFA have not delivered Saber as promised? The Grey Company returns home and must hogtie and restrain Elbrum. Akmenis picks up an unconscious silhouette. Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is The elf-marked wizard that likes to be out front, Calidus Magnus Lunior. The world-tree-seeking human paladin, Kaelin Vendis. The tiefling paladin, steeped in lore, Akmenis. The Asmar warlock with a strange wrist leaf, Elbrum. And finally, a female knoll cleric that has visions of the restless prophet, Oraki. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. Okay, hello, good people of the interwebs. I'm back once more with my good friend Mick to chat about what we did a few days back. This time around, we're not doing it after the session this time we're back to doing it on the weekend which sounds kind of scary because we don't remember what happened four days ago no but doing it on the weekend sounds scary yeah probably not the right words anyway getting back to it so what happened let's start out first off we rejoin you guys where you are up in the lioness district elbrum has returned to the apartment to do some self-surgery, and Oraki and Akmenis are out in the market finishing up their spending spree and are considering returning back to the apartment. So we start out with you, Calidus, and you are heading up the large earthworks ramp going up into the Linus district. And I tried to paint a picture of, of certain things that you see. Do you remember what you've seen as you're going up that earthworks? I do. I, <clears throat> I, I saw all those wonderful things you see as you, you, you head up the hill to the classy end of town. Saw a, a bloke climbing a cliff trying to get in. And, oh, looked like he was trying to get in. And flying carpets with police sitting on top of them. And guards at the gate. And lots of commotion. So clearly something was going on. But it didn't faze me in the least. I walked up to the crowd of people and said, what's going on? And they said, we don't know, but we can't get in. Yeah, yeah. So the bloke that was climbing the face and seen with the carpets out there. So you, the way I painted that, I, I tried to avoid saying things like police or anything like this. But so you... They were uniformed people. And so, of course, it, it was just natural to draw the conclusion that it had to well, be police, right? Well, later on, we found out that they were 
Merchant, the, the merchant guard. The guards, yeah, yeah. They were the same. They were wearing the same uniforms as the people on the gate. Yeah. They were not the, the police of Perbastet. No, they were not the, they the were city not guard. Those, not the city guard. They're not the ones who can get you an ID for 51 gold to, no. instead of 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, you got up to the top and it was blockaded off and you met some guards there and in Kalida's fashion, you tried to question them to figure something out. I did. I asked them what was going on and they, uh, did they tell me? I can't remember. No, they, 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 gave, they gave me. you no. the standard, I follow orders answer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I know there's and, a murder. I think they 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 told you that there was a murder, but they had and you wanted details, and, and they wouldn't give me anything. They, well, they did. I don't know that they actually knew. Yeah, uh, at least that's hopefully how it come across. Came across, they didn't really know. You know, standard dumb guard standing out there. Standard stop, dumb What's guard. What's going on? I don't know. I'm just here to stop you getting in. And then Calidus, of course, instead of telling them exactly what he wanted to do, he wasn't really sure spins what a he tale. Yeah. Well, so I he's... did. No, I told them what I, I told them. I wanted to go to the temple. Yes, you wanted because to go to the temple. I had an issue. I had this yep. mental problem. Yep. And they and started then he asking started you for your the mental papers. Problem, and it's like <laughs> papers, mental problem, show me something. And it's like, I don't have any of that kind of stuff. What mm. are you talking about, you idiot? Mm. And then I told him I wanted to go shopping. And he said, yeah, fine, you can go in. Yep. Which I thought was Underguard. bizarre. Underguard. Yep. They didn't want you to go to the, the temple? No. I wasn't allowed to go to the temple, but I could go underguard to the shop that I wanted to go to. And you remember who so else I, I said was sitting at the blockade with you? No. Pilgrims. They were not letting the pilgrims through. Oh, okay, no. Because you that wanted was, to that listen in. just sort of went past the pilgrims, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I didn't even notice that. So they let you go through. So you, you wanted to go. So you needed to go. Basically, so you were the there to... So pilgrims get to go to the Grand Temple often? Is that they sort were, of standard? Except when they closed the gate. Doing a, doing doing a pilgrimage. pilgrimage. Yep. And so the previous papers. day, when Elbrum was there, to, yeah. the pilgrims were at the temple. And he just got in. He didn't... Oh, he showed them. The he leaf, showed though. them the leaf and freaked them out. Yeah, and so they're they like, said, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. go. Yeah. Anyway, but now, so. the, now the pilgrims were not allowed in. No. The next day. Interesting. And, but I got to go to the shop. Yep. They took you to exactly to the shop. They sat there and watched. And I, I liked when you were sitting there. At the end, you had some business to do in the shop. But at the end yeah. of that, you were like, so um, is there a back door here? And, yeah, and I, I was just—I I liked how you f- figured immediately that the the purveyor, the person who was working behind the desk, was on your side, and she was, yes, of course, well, absolutely. Told, well, I'm going to let that you. My do. conversation with the wonderful lady there was—we were becoming good friends. She was giving me discounts on product and threw some stuff in for free. Yeah, I think I think from my maybe perspective, she was, maybe she was overly friendly. I think from my perspective. If you are the same species and you are overtly attractive, I think that there is a thing where you want to trust attractive people for some reason. And so they'd be like, I I think it has to deal with just human nature or something like this. And so they would probably do it. But you guys are different species, although you're elf marked, which is a prestigious class. I was giving her an opportunity to move up to my level. Yeah. So, uh, oh, can I get to the roof? And there was uh, there there was store guards There's because this no, yeah. this was in the Linus district, which is the upper echelons of Perbastet. So they had larger, wealthier-looking stores, and they had guards. And I mean, of course, you were there to you went there to do what? What were you going there to do? To the shop, or yeah, yeah. I went to the shop to get some magic, some some ink, some ink and a. And a pen, so I could transcribe some spells. Yeah. But primarily, my I was going to the temple. That was yep. it. I was going to the temple to see if they could shed some light on what was happening to me. Happening to you? Oh, with the itchy. The itchy. Ooh. Yeah, the itchies. We got the itchies. Yeah. So that's so. And, this and is again, where you were going. A, with... This is the really annoying part. Is that you know, I I have I have an itch, and when you say to me that I have an itch, it's like. Yeah, right. I'll just scratch it. It'll be fine. I've been bitten by a mosquito. It'll go away. I had But then no, the next I, minute, it's something completely bad. I was sitting there when you started saying that I need to go there because I got a mental problem. I, I was sitting there. I was like, what is Calidus trying to pull here? Mental no, well, problem. You describe. You yeah, say, I, know. You, 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 I, I, <laughs> I completely slipped that what you were trying to do was trying to go in with regard to. It's no longer an itch anymore, but something does not feel right. But it's not an itch anymore. Yeah. So, it, it, and there are 
clearly we need to teach you something about medicine. <laughs> There's pain, which can be of different types and can be sensed and has locations. Except and, and then there's the sensation that something is not quite right. We're in a world of magic. There's, got to, there's another sense. Yeah, well, I don't understand that sense, so it doesn't exist. That's why at the end of the day, we get, we get to make up whatever we want because it's a magical sense. <laughs> Calidus doesn't relate to magical senses. Calidus sits Calidus, there. Calidus, now, Calidus now, you, now you're explaining the rules again. to me. Calidus. So now you're telling me that there's, there's another sense that I don't understand. Okay, well, so this, this if, is, if that's the case, then this it's... is your arcana, right? Because arcana, so arcana is the ability to look at, say, things like ruins or magical script and understand it enough to say, okay, oh yeah, I see this. This is school of evocation or school of transmutation or something like this. It's not detect magic. No, no, but that's what, but you've, it is just, a... what you've just described there is physical. It's look at the car and tell me what brand it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, but it's the, tied the, to something the, internal for spellcasters. Or at least that's how I envision it. So what you're saying is it's not taught. Yeah, that's what so I would say. So you're born with it. Although you can refine, to me, you can refine it through teaching. Because wizards and gnomes and stuff like that, they who are, or artificers, they usually tend to have high arcanas. So if you get proficient in arcana, it's not just me becoming better in tune with my emotions it's me also studying to learn how to use that skill better yeah so when we look at real world stuff people are born with natural abilities that they can do i do maths very well and can't write a sentence it was something that i did when i was five and i remember going to school and that's why your eight page back history was right. like yeah. so hard to read and my eyes were bleeding that's right <laughs> <laughs> And that is why now when someone says, can you do a back history, I write at least 15 pages because up until now, I only ever wrote half a paragraph and always failed. You so should, now this is, this is compensation. Oh, my God, I've got to do well. I'll have to type a 15-page backstory because that's the, the only possible solution. You should really anyway. play up on this for, for Dimble what? as you're a gnomish wizard for yeah. Dimble, and, but you can't read. I can't read. <laughs> Oh, it just comes to you when you need to work yeah. with your spells. How cool would that let's be? See, let's see how how Atwa is going to take, deal with that one, or Tua. Tua. That's just that's just that's just savage, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you look well, at the, you look at the shop. I look at the shop. It's got a picture of a shoe on it. I assume it's a bootmaker. How many times you guys have sat there, or you said, "Oh, we love to mess you up," and I'm just like, "Why do you want to mess me up? Let's just make the story go." And here I am sitting there. Let's mess up Tua. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the thing you see like you do it incredibly well like there is a story there and there is the obvious and every time i play with you in a game there is the blatantly obvious and the next minute we are not doing the blatantly obvious we are off on some tangent doing something completely ludicrous yeah 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 and and just laughing and having a ball these guys in west marches and sleeper island they they threw up the leonid's tiny hut and they went into this big thing about hunting and doing something with this meat. And I was like, well, how are you going to preserve it? Because now you just killed this incredibly large animal. There's only five of you. There's more meat than you can deal with. What are you going to do? Well, let's make it into sausages. All right, so you guys make sausages for a long time at night. And then they all crowd into Leonid's tiny hut. I was like, yeah, the orcs are farting like crazy. I mean, all of that meat has gone through them. I mean, it stinks to high heaven in this... Oh, and the then guys are like a match. Well, they were like role playing it up, and it's like one guy's like, "I am going to use prestigitation <laughs> and move that stench out." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, but that only works for a minute." <laughs> oh, it was uh, fun. I, I, it's yeah, it's good. I mean, it's I, I do enjoy trying to, if I can, and somehow. And that's what you do. You you, you just take it. To the well, it, you take it to the ridiculous because it's fun. Well, and, and it, it depends on the players too. It depends on the players being able to role play with it and take it yeah. as well. Because you and can also, only and it also it also does mean that you've got to know when to stop. And we go back yeah. to the first version of what we the per basket game that we're doing now. Yeah. When there was a group of us went into a pub. Oh well, this was when you and I were players, and we yes. were with the dark elf guy who yeah. wanted to DM, and he took us into a pub, and we and then, just drank. Yeah, we drank and danced and sang. Oh, we did a pub crawl. Yeah, and and after the and the other guy after, who was after usually we, after quiet after we hit the third pub. Yeah, he was 
the DM was just losing it. Yeah, because he was trying to get us to go to this cave to and to, stuff to like this. Go and do what we're supposed to do. And the the guy who was when I was GMing him, the one who was traditionally quiet and seemed like the oldest one out of us, uh, he was just having a blast as well as yeah. we were just going through the pubs, just raising hell. And so that's the thing, you know. That's that's one one of the joys, kitties. One of the joys, kitties, listening in out there in interwebland. Yep. Yeah. When you're playing the game, see if you can unsettle your DM. Well, I mean, part of it too is, I mean, for me, is I love going with that. And if it's going to go for half an hour or even an hour where people are just pissing giggles, fine, go with it. But you're going to have to rein it in at some point and try to bring it back. Because you, you, you Well, do the have other story. thing is to just let it go and then figure out at the end of three hours, you guys have been on a wonderful pub crawl. And then at some point in time, the DM says, and you pass out on the floor and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see and you next week, week, and you've got no you, backpacks because yeah, you've, you've been robbed you, blind. Everything you own has disappeared. That's actually, you're penniless, you know, and you're lying yeah, outside in a pig yeah, pen. Yeah. Well, you know, and this this kind and of so touches the a little bit of, of going on a pub crawl, and you can't go on a pub crawl and behave like that and not have a hangover. Well, here here's the thing too. Like within our story, we've talked about this now. The introduction of Milo, who came in and left the card saying that if you're looking for your slave bring me the real stone. I had intended, because I knew that Oraki at the beginning, she was leaving all of her gold in your guys' apartment. Mm -hmm. I was going to rob you guys blind as well. But then you guys started taking your gold with you. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so that had been part of the original plan was Milo was going to go in there, rob you blind. He wanted the real stone, but yeah, you yeah. guys changed your habits a bit. So that messed up that. And I've been waiting on it's that changing, damn story. It's for... changing. We're, we're, we're... We've decided we've got a different plan now. Mm. Well, yeah. this 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 is kind of so, getting towards so a little bit just, more we'll of... Give, mm. we, we actually need to get Sabre back. So as soon as Sabre comes back, because that deal hasn't been fulfilled yet. No, it hasn't. You guys talked about it. It was... In my mind, for some reason, I was thinking it was Hazzy, but no, it wasn't Hazzy that the deal was. You made the deal with Saro when you guys were at the Pallet Court having the negotiations over the Withered Hand that, yes, Sabre needed to be brought back. Yeah. And they said they were going to do it. But it hasn't happened. No, it hasn't happened. And yeah. there's a very specific reason for that. And you guys haven't figured that out yet. Well, we haven't been to Sam to say, where the hell's our saber? Yep. Well, you are up in the Linus district. And the GFA offices are up there. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. I asked. No, no. GFA. Well, they... I said to the guard... And he didn't know shit. He's just a guard. <laughs> okay. Good thing I'm still there. I'll go yep. find the GFA office yep. and go and visit them. Yep. Anyway, our new plan, you'll love this plan. Here's our new plan, right? What? We're going to get Sabre back, right? Yep. And we're going to store all our money in his ass hatch. <laughs> yeah, he'll just be the, the coat rack in the corner. Because, He's going to be the right. coat rack in the corner holding piles of gold. Because his soul stone right now bolted is... Bolted to the floor. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're a big golden gear forged statue. Gonna use us, yeah, we're going to use his soul stone to stop people breaking into his ass hatch. I think he was made out of adamantium, so... Maybe Oraki's going to pilfer and use him to make armor. <laughs> no, no, it was Oraki's idea. Oh, Lord. This was the conversation we had. We should go through the conversation thing after the game as well. Yeah, right. We're going to have to talk about that. Anyway. That, that was one of our things to talk about was your guys' post-game conversations and I disappeared. Anyway, we were, yes. So, so you were I was up... up there and I said, where's the back door? And the nice lady said, I don't have a back door. Yep. And I was horrified. Who could not have a back door? I mean, yep. that's just, that's yep. just wrong. Well, here's the thing too. I was it you or was it with Oraki and Ekmenis where I was like, you get the feeling that this person would be open to negotiations. That was me. But you didn't negotiate a damn thing. Yeah, I talked nicely to her. I didn't ask her to change the price. She, by being nice to her, she gave me a discount. So here's the thing: like when I create stores, so there's a random generator that will create armorers, weapons, trade goods, toolkits, magical items. What it does too is it's, it'll say, it, how good is this person? What do they do with haggling? Ah. How they do that? And it'll also ah. say certain items that are in their inventory. Unless you act it up, you won't know about these certain other items that they have behind the counter. You mean magazines in brown paper bags? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Of course, those kind of magazines. Unless we negotiate or ask. Well, unless you start you know, schmoozing it up with them, they're not going to be like, hey... This is you I see, now, this, this is a problem. A this thing. is a problem. You see, this yeah. is a this is a cultural country issue. No, because 
I cannot negotiate for crap back in my home country. If you try to negotiate a uh, haggle of price, no, nah, no, nah, this is the business price. I haggle like crazy here in Australia all the damn time. And it goes off like the bee's knees. Yeah, that, and there's a reason for that. They think you're a foreigner. To so? which you respond, yeah, I am, because I'm Canadian and this is Australia. So we don't haggle in Australia. I haggle we all the never, time. Yeah, <laughs> but they see you as being some weird Canadian person here on a holiday. Oh, and they know, you're probably right. And they go, okay, he wants to buy an elephant. You know, elephants are 100 bucks. He'll haggle. We'll sell him one for 90 bucks. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Because they, they think you're a tourist. That's you're And right. they think that this mm. is what you do. Mm. When you go to the haggling countries, and we see the documentaries about the haggling countries, they're all over the place. In fact, it seems to be... Most, mostly haggle, not first world countries, though. Yeah, you haggle the crap out of it if yeah. it's not in, in any I other remember, country but a first world country. And you've lived in those places. Yes, in India. I remember going to India and they're like, this will be a thousand rupees. And I'll be like, I'll give you one rupee. And we settled on a price of about 50 rupees. Mm. They started at a thousand. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, what kind of monkey fool was going to pay a thousand? And I, me at one point would have been a monkey fool that paid a thousand rupees for something that only cost 10. Mm. But see, in this, in, and so you're used to it. You, you've yeah, got well, the experience at it. You know how it works. A little bit, yeah. We don't. Yeah. And so part of yeah. it becomes when you turn around and say, you're living in a haggling environment, we just go, yeah, okay, I'll just pay for it. I don't care. <laughs> True enough. And our other option to do is to turn around and say, well, okay, don't worry about it. I don't want it. I have a bunch of stuff. Most vendors will have something that they keep behind the counters that they won't show unless you, you know, you start schmoozing with them. And there's been a few occasions where you have schmoozed, like early on with the Kell brothers and trying to set up a, they wanted you to advertise for them and wear the mm. crest on the, yeah. the studded leather. And which, of course, never bore any fruit for crap. But they originally, you know, that was part of it. And doing that opened up the door of, by the way, I've got this. What do you think about this? Dunk. Here's a magical item thrown on a counter. Yeah. And it, ooh. Uh, I guess if the way that I look at this, if I was off in the haggling country. Yep. And you came up to me and said it was a thousand rupees, I'd say no thanks. And I'd walk off to the next guy. Mm. And that would be the end of that. And, and basically, the ball goes back into your court. I don't come back and say, I'll give you one. I say, yeah. no thanks, fine. Yeah. And then you need to get broken into that habit yeah, as being a tourist. True. And the other thing about that is that as a tourist, you look at the stuff and go, how much would I pay for it? What, what's a reasonable amount of money? So if a carton of milk in Australia normally costs a couple of bucks, then that's what you pay. You yeah. go overseas, carton of milk costs... Cents. Cents. Yeah. And they tell you it's a couple of bucks. You pay a couple of bucks for yeah. it. You don't actually care. Yeah. It's about the same price as it is where I come from. Yeah. 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 Normally for me, it's just when you're buying stuff that you have no idea and it's a novelty because you can't get that in your own country. So like, for example, yeah. silks. Yep. Yeah. So when I was dealing with buying silks and stuff like that, oh yeah, I haggled the crap. But at the beginning, you, you, when you first few days, you always just expect to get ripped off because you, you don't know at what level. And my rule of thumb now is whenever you're in any country... They start out at like $100, you start out at a dollar, and then you just slowly work your way up and then see where you can meet. And most of the time, most of the time, depending on where you are, they're happy to haggle. Sometimes in some South American countries, ooh, they would get, they would get miffed. Like you'd come in, now you would haggle, they want to haggle, but they want to be, absolutely want to win. It's, it's, well, I can't say they, it's occasionally. Mm. So anyway. So anyway, if you present me with an opportunity to haggle yeah. in one of these environments, yeah. I'm an Australian, mate. We don't haggle. We just, yeah. you know, you stick a price on it. We decide if we're going to buy it or we're not. That's the end of it. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to have to rethink some of that then because a lot of those NPCs and Although, stores, I, I haven't had occasions to trigger the points where, oh, by the way, check out this nice shiny ring. Do you like happen. that? Won't happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I will send you out to buy my next car. But you are... Because you can haggle the crap out of that. Well, one. you know, the funny thing is, too, is is th this is why I love the, the Novated leases here in Australia. Because when you go through the Novated leases, you couldn't haggle a better price going through them. Because they already got bottom dollar for, for their vehicles because they bought mm. in bulk. But, yeah, if you're going out on your own and you're going to buy something, yeah, you haggle the crap out of that. Anyway, point is, 
I'll have to revise how I think about some of those NPCs because normally that's what I want. I want the opportunity to role play. Sometimes, you know, when it's end of session, you go into the store, just go do whatever, buy whatever. And I'm just, mm. I don't got the role playing energy. But at the beginning, uh, when we're fr- fresh started, haven't done, done it the entire week. All right, let's get it on. Let's start role playing this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I had fun. I had fun playing. I think it was a cat folk woman yep. who was talking with you. Yep. And of oh, course, tired. I set the scene. So I was trying to set the scene in order to get you to do certain things. So when you came up, so when the guard was dra- taking you up to the shop, mm. do you remember what you seen? No. So there was three. There were three people having a, a conversation. Oh, at the front. Yeah. 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 Oh, these were the people. Yeah. So there's there's been a murder. Yep. And the three people at the front are discussing the murder. Yep. And the people involved, so we, we know that, and their names escape me now, they are members the person, of the council. And this is what I was curious, because when you were asking questions, it seemed clear to me, and I was so happy because you were, you were saying, oh yeah, I, we know that guy. And I was like, he remembers. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. The, the, well, to me, <laughs> because the guy, the, the guy that The councillor of die, architecture. Yeah, the councillor of architecture who died, he's insignificant. He's someone we wanted to know earlier on. Yep. But the other bloke that they were talking about that was involved in this is Selwa, who was, was the one of the very early people. Keeper of the city, about. yes. He's a, he's... We saw him at the pallet courts. He was yeah. having the conversation. No, 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 he... no, 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 no. He was not the one at the pallet court. It was Vizier Panishar that you've seen. Oh, was it? Selwa was right. the keeper so of the keys. So Vizier Panishar is one of the Council of Sand, and, and Bashar Salwir is keeper of the city. Bashar is the only one on the council who is a local of Prevastat. And this is consistent with my theory that I started out with a long time ago, that there is a chaos going on in the council. Something's happening. Something's happening in the council. So one of their members just got knocked on the head, and that is consistent with... Well, one of the ministers under one of the members, yeah. 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 That's consistent with the devious doings. And And I'm so, so happy because I had been thinking about the introduction of the councillor of architecture for such a long time and i could not think of a way to introduce him in with the underground cavern stuff yes well i'd been thinking about how to introduce him for a long time and what i was going to do with him and then finally you guys got to a point where when you first said oh is there someone we can talk to about this stonework in order to figure out where karima is and i was just like yay finally a method to introduce this fellow and so that was my original entry point. And yeah. then days passed. And when those days passed, of course, other things happened. And he died. And he was murdered. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get to introduce him, and now he's dead. Yep. Well, he was a complete waste of time, wasn't he? Well, you know, absolutely no purpose whatsoever other than oh, to die. Well, if you figure stuff out, you'll, you'll be surprised. We uh, won't figure stuff out. We're not that smart. You guys seem to do pretty well with it. But yeah, so you chatted with her and then you tried to escape the guard and she was just like... I did, I wanted to go to the... No, she was just like... Sorry, what? I'm going to talk to him now. Get out of my store. Yeah, she threw me out eventually. <laughs> she threw just a matter you of time. Yeah. But interestingly, the guards who have got a specific job who are, is to escort me to the shop yep. and back from the shop. Yep. He's perfectly happy to let me go in any other shop that I like to go into. Yeah, he's happy for you to go so, to because so, it's in the they're, they're right across from each other. Yeah. So there was an armorer right across the way, and so we'll see if you got better luck there. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do in an armor. I might just go browsing and see what I can find. Mm. What was the other shop? A, a, there was an armorer. There's a music shop, and there was a trade shop. Yeah, or I think yeah, it was a trade shop. Was there a music shop? Yeah, it was a music shop. Wow, that'd be interesting. Well, I mean, there's only a few instruments that show up in the in the player's handbook, and I haven't... If I can drag and drop and let the random generators do their thing, great. I'm not going to create extra items, because I will usually only create extra items as needed in the scene, not for creating stores. I, I couldn't be bothered. If someone was like, well, can I buy a you know some obscure instrument? Sure, fine. That's 25 gold. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Grand piano. I'd like a grand piano, please. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll bring that to <laughs> your... And, and have that delivered well and here's the thing i think calidus's wallet is finally nearly empty yeah probably after buying your ink yeah I'm, i get cleaned out right left and center i don't care i, I really ex- of, i, I swear to god day, i i really expected you to try to negotiate on that ink look at the end of the day mm. if we run out of money we run out of money yep that's the way it goes if we die we die yep 
And if we win, we win. Well, this segues into the next segment, which was we cut scene after you left the shop and we moved back to what was Oraki and Ekmenis doing. So they hook up with each other. And of course, at the end of last session, uh, Oraki was like, I want to try to persuade Ekmenis to go into the Crimson Nib Nibblers. Yeah. And so kind of they, they wanted to that? roll against it. And I was just like, oh, well, player versus player. Okay, fine. You want to roll against it? Roll against it. I think that I, I actually think that, that, that the, th- this has now become an initiation. Sure. As of yesterday, or as of the other day, that yep. Iraqi has decided in order to be, in, to be a member of the, you need the, to go the company, you will be taken for lunch at Crimson Nib Nibblers where you'll get given the special. Mm. That's how it's going to be. And it's interesting that up until that point in time, Akmenes has been saying, you, 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 referring to the rest of us. Yep. And as soon as... It's, and, and obviously he yeah. ate the Crimson yeah. Nibblers. And as soon as that had been done, Iraqi pulled him up and said, it's not you, it's we. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That was, that that was that really was cool. A, that was a really good moment yeah. where, we, where, where he, he slipped from being a passenger on the yeah. train to being one of the drivers. And here's the thing too, though, that what, I, what was a surprise to me, like at the end of the day, when you guys go in there and I'm trying to add a little bit more things to see. And he said something that I, nobody else had said, because I had, when you went in to order the special, I had Oraki as well do a constitution saving throw. And then as soon as I did that, he's just like, oh God, this stuff is addictive. And I was just like, ooh. <laughs> Someone finally said it. And I was just like, I wasn't going to leak out anything. So, of course, I had him do his constitution saving through as well. But when you do eat it, there's a table that I roll on. It's got equal parts bad as good. So far, you guys have not experienced any of the bad things from the nibblers. And so he got this effect. And I sit in there and I was just like, are you kidding me that he got that effect? So there was no way I was going to tell him about this effect in the public channel. This was too good of a role play opportunity, so I dragged him into the private channel. I was like, "All right, this is what happens." He, I know he's read the campaign setting, and he very quickly triggered into what I was talking about when I was trying to paint the picture. And I was just like, "Wow, very good." So, and he does a good job of trying not to let that information, that extra information, influences in character moments, which I thought is fantastic. So, I mean, he's. Yeah, he's a, a good player. I enjoy having him on board. So yeah, I told him what the effect was. And and then, of course, he brought him back into the public channel with you guys. And he role-played the shit out of it. And he's just like, I think, I think. And then Oraki starts talking about this enormous earth elemental that is the River of Sand. And he's like, no, no, I don't think it's that. I think that there's more than one. And I was just like, it was good. He just did a really brilliant job. And so they milked that for all it's worth. And, and of course, Oraki's like, uh, do I see any changes in him? And I was like, roll for it. No, you don't see anything. She's like, well, shit. <laughs> she, she was <laughs> hoping that, I don't know, his face would fall off or something. I don't know. Well, in fact, that's one of the effects is that your face falls off for a yeah. day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're you're oh, nothing but a skull for a day. That's harsh. I, and I was just you like, you roll your oh, face up, oh, put it in your pocket, and carry it around with you. I, I, you know, I just wanted to see someone role play something like that. It would be funny. Anyway, so they they did a great job of role playing around that, and I so enjoyed Oraki's authentic responses to after he did it, not seeing anything. She's like, "Well, that wasn't worth it at all." But mm. yes, then then it became we, and it, did, uh, it became we. Yeah, yeah. The next, the next part was my probably my favorite part of the whole session was you're on your way back to the apartment to, to go and it's middle of the day. You finish what you're going to do. We'll wait there for the other people to show up. You pass by money lenders. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go in there. And they start talking banking to the money lender. And the money lender's like, I lend money and I charge you interest for it. You want to give me money? Okay. And then they're like, well, this is an investment opportunity. You can use my money. To- and it just went <laughs> into left field as they tried to explain to him what a bank was. And, oh, I had so much fun. I put a, I put a Spanish accent on this guy. And is it at this point that we should sort of mention that, you know, you've just been involved in all of the high finance stuff, buying a house, oh, all, God, all that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the joys the of joys being, of, going into debt. Of, of all of that stuff, yeah. Yep. So you played the part of... 
someone who had no idea about finance. But he's a money lender. And in the back of your mind, you know this stuff backwards. <laughs> uh, it was so, funny. Yep. Uh, and they, you know, Iraqi has a plan. He, and, he, he, he wants the money lender yep. to lend out his money and we are going to make a squillion yep. dollars. Yep. And of course, just starts telling him. The money lender asks a few questions that makes Oraki and Ekmenis nervous and are like, just a minute, just a minute. We need to go over here and chat. So they chat. They come back and tell him another idea. And it's like, oh, we, this, oh, this is a good idea. Let's take this to the next yeah. level. Of course, by the end of that, I was just like, okay, I want to create a contract. And they're like, wait, <laughs> wait. No contracts. Okay, we're done. We're going to go. Ciao. No, 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 no. Please stay. We need to talk about this more. This is interesting. The so, contract will come into being. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I said, I enjoyed doing that. Uh, that was that was fun. Just that, the whole money lender. Because I knew that Oraki was saying, I want to go to a bank. And in Midgard and the Southlands, there really isn't a banking system. And I thought about this. And I, I was thinking, should I create a banking system? Because I know it's like... The very beginning, Oraki Nekmenis is like, we will just withdraw, you know, little bits here and there. And I was just sitting there. They haven't thought about this is one guy who run, is, runs a money lending service in his tent in yeah. the Wharf District. You're in some other city and you want to withdraw money. How? It was There's no gone. ATM. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to sit there. But the logic is that you carry the money that you think you'll need. Well, and then you've got to go all the way back to Perbastet, and perhaps you were three weeks out on Sandship in deep south in the jungles. Yeah, getting back to Perbastet, take out a money loan, not going to happen. So No, no, but we are going on a journey. We're going to go west. We'll take you know, 700 platinum. That's what we'll take with yep. us. And we'll leave the other $6 million yep. in the bank. No, no, I totally understand. But what I, what I was hoping to see was if they would introduce conceptual ideas because I, I was willing to work on it and do something with it, but I will let you guys try to role play and, and do it. So if, oh, the, if you the, want the, to create the, the a whole, banking... The whole... Yeah, this, this kicks in in the post-game conversation. Yep. yep. The Midgard and Southlands is not wide-low magic, but I like the idea of wide-low magic from the Eberron campaign setting where plumbing is shape water spells or uh, shaver would be some kind of an object with prestigitation on it. Mm. So I love the idea of all of that stuff. So I, I, I do say that in our campaign setting within the Southlands, there is wide low magic. So for example, if you needed to send a message when you guys were in the village of Neber, uh, you could send a message instantaneously back to Perbastet through the messenger service, which they use sending stones yep. and whatnot to do it. Now, sending stones are usually, they're not cheap. Mm. They're usually a couple thousand gold and a permanent sending stones, you know, that much more. So there is a service that, that can be used in order to do this where you're paying coppers in order to do this stuff, which is clearly cheap. So the banking thing, I was thinking about that. Now, Midgard doesn't have a banking, but in a wide low magic, how would you create a banking thing in which, yes, you could withdraw your money from wherever? So I haven't put much thought into it and I'm not going to. But I'm happy to role play around it and see where it goes. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. The the, the money lender bit, I really enjoyed that, and uh, it, it certainly made those two scramble for what mm -hmm. to say. It was fun, and they stayed in character too, which was great. Yep, that was good, and that, that was a a good ten minute segment there, I think. But then we cut scene again, and we hooked up with Elbrum, who is now back at the apartment, and he bought this. It was crazy expensive mead. It was, he bought a bottle and it was 20 gold for this bottle. And I was thinking, so you bought a bottle of some kind of liquor that was 20 gold pieces. So what, what is going to be the effect of this liquor? So I was just like, well, it's not going to be just getting drunk. It's hallucinations. So yeah, so he, he felt fine. He didn't feel the intoxication. He started drinking it and he started hallucinating about all things. And he wasn't aware that he was hallucinating everything felt fine and then of course sill was like what's what the hell are you doing and then he got sill drunk and yep. she passed out and then he wanted to try to use his eldritch blast to blast off the leaf that was his whole plan self-surgery time i'm going to intoxicate myself and i'm going to cut this leaf off so i wanted to get this to the next level but i was just like okay you blast yourself and because you're hallucinating you knock yourself silly and then Oraki and, and Ekmenis return. Now, I really thought they were going to try to help him 
with the surgery. But they did something completely. They, no, no, they weren't going to help him with the surgery. They're going to tie him up and put him in the other room. And I was just like, okay. And then they were like, and then we're going to leave and we're going to go over to this other place. And I was just like, you're going to leave your companion hogtied in his room. Yeah, because that's what we do. Yeah. And for those of you that haven't seen the, the show on cable called The Nick, you really do need to watch that. That gives you an excellent example of what this particular run of events was like. The Nick? The Nick is a, sh- a show set in the turn of the century, yeah. 1900s hospital in yeah. the U.S. Where, oh, right, right. You mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where what he was attempting to do yep. is the kind of thing that you see there. Mm. I think I've got an anesthetic. Rather than test it on a patient, I shall test it on myself. Yeah. So they take to themselves with knives and... Yeah, all That's sorts a, of strange and bizarre yeah. things. And Elbram was on, on the way. He yeah. did have a backup plan, which he hasn't put into play yet. And he that was a, if the did he? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he had two alternatives. There was the Eldritch Blast was the first one. Oh, and, and then, then he, he had go, another one. He was going to hot knife it. Yeah. He, he, he knocked himself out. Yeah. yeah, that was the second one. He was going to cut it out with a knife. Yeah. At this moment, I, I have to admit, I do regret that I... I did another scene cut after that first bit of shenanigans there. I did a scene cut to bring it back up to Calidus. Or no, no, shoot. My power failed. <laughs> it was at so, this point in time yeah, that the power failed. Yeah, the power failed. And then we, we all went continue to, on. Yeah. yeah. You, you went to mobile phones. We tried to do it as theater of the mind. But then the rolling and was, was it, complicated. Yeah, it, it got complicated. So, yeah, so what me. happened was that the power had gone. Your phone was going flat. And three of us had a conversation which was yeah. Kalidus, Araki, and, and uh, Anaki. Yeah. We sat down at the end of it, and we had the conversation about what we would do. Yep. And this is where life became interesting, because a couple of times someone would say, out of character, or is this might be metagaming, but... Yeah. Okay. We had the conversation in which none of that applied... You think it's metagaming to speak and talk about where you can go and what you can do and how you'll get there and yep. what it's going to be. Yep. And in fact, it's not. It's the conversation that you, you could have in the game. Yep. So we are going to generate a bank. There is no shadow of a doubt about that. <laughs> Araki, Aki and I and Elbram are going to go back to the money lender. We are going to put in place a bank. I didn't realise he was in a tent, but clearly... It's very nice looking tent. Yeah, no, it's not going to be in a tent. No way. And we are going to set up... There's a lot of tents in the (laughs) desert cities. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to set it up in a building. Mm. So it's going to be the first bank of Perbastet. You can leave your money there. We give you interest. And you can borrow money from us and you'll pay us. And you guys have only got, what, 50 platinum to your name. And that's fine because (laughs) that's where you start. You start small and you work up. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, so ignore everything else that's going on. We are going to start up our bank. Sorry, so we're starting, we're starting uh, up sorry, our Karima. Bank. We're gonna. Well, no, no, no. We're not ignoring everything. We're just putting in place the bank. So one of the reasons <laughs> why the little man that's that's running his bank is just working as a dodgy money lender is that he doesn't have enough capital to become a large bank. In which case, he becomes a big dodgy. Money well, here's lender. the thing. You sit there and you and think about a fantasy world and the idea of a money lender because this goes across a lot of different settings. They don't. Not often. I think Eberron's one of the few that where they it's a medieval magical world where they do have banks, but most of them will have money lenders. And you sit there yeah. and you think, to me, the the visceral reaction to a money lender is mafia. They're not. Is that really? Because I don't go there at all. Really? That, that was no. th- that's where I go. No, I go back to what did you do before a bank? So I go back to when did when did a bank come into play? That was the, so they said, the, isn't that banks came about because of the Knights of the Templar Knights? Wasn't that the, were they origins? I go back to the Italians, the... Medini family? The Medini family, who were the, the bankers of Rome. But wasn't, uh, and, I could have, so I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't so know when I look at, what, but anyways, yeah. yeah. Not being great at history, but then you look yeah. at what was there before that. Yeah. And you're right, up until... And let's assume that that's when it started, that, yep. that sort of banking moved from being moneylenders to being something different. Yep. But up until then, yeah, it was the guy that lived in the tent that lent you money. You paid him back the money with interest. Or he'd come and, 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 he'd come and break your legs. And he'd break your legs if you didn't pay him. So that's mafia. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, let's call it mafia. And then you go to the when banking came along and they lent you money for things to buy ships, to buy product, all that mm. kind of stuff, which they retained ownership of yep. until you paid the debt. Yep. So, yeah, the, banking's not... In, in human society is not something that's been around for a long time. No, no, it's, it's you're, you're right, it's, it's a couple and, centuries, really. And so when you roll that into the, the per best ad environment mm. and say, well, how did, how did they go from being, how do you go from being a little man in a tent mm. to being a wealthy family that lends money to kings and queens and all mm. the rest of it? Mm. And the answer to that is that, yeah, you, you well, have to accumulate enough capital from someone. And this is from what my understanding of, of how it worked is that, this family got together, they made enough money that they could start lending it to other people but to do things. But you also have to enforce right from the beginning because if people are, you've got to make sure that people are paying their debts on time. Yeah, so you look at... So what you're the is, muscle as well. And, and so, yeah, and, and so they look at what was it that they were lending money for. And they didn't lend you money so that you can buy a meal. Mm. They lent you money so that you could buy goods that you could import yep. or export. Yep. Or ships that you could sail from you know Rome to wherever. Yep. So they, they, they lent money for trade. They lent money for armies. They lent money for all that kind of stuff. And you know, if I lend you money so that you can raise an army, so that you can invade a neighbouring province. Yep. Then you will pay me back with a huge amount of interest. Yep. And by the way, I'll have some of the land that you take as well. Yep. So all of a sudden, I now am a landowner. Yep. Within the you know, and if it fails, well, that's my risk. It fails. I've lost my money. Your war didn't work. I didn't get the land. But if it does succeed, yep. I get a great big chunk of land and a whole raft of peasantry that will work on the land for me and a couple of castles and all that kind of stuff. So Mick is sitting so, here telling so. me his beautiful stories for money lending and my brain is going off on a tangent thinking, how in the hell am I going to mess with these guys with regard to this? And I've already got a few ideas. Oh, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's and we think of like famines always a good one. Yes, yeah. you've got all these farms, and we'll just have a famine. Yeah, well, this it. this is this is really touching on that whole idea where we went off and chatted for oh god hours about the introduction of Matt Colville's strongholds module, where you could use that as a stepping stone to build in within campaigns or within West Marches structure to people who wanted to to role play from a point of view of becoming wealthy and instead of going out to deal with the issues they focused yeah. on just earning wealth and then they would hire someone to go deal with the issue and when you think about the the the, the per best debt scenario there's the the undead that wander around in the middle of the night that do all the menial work that has to be done the loyal dead the loyal dead there is still a whole lot of stuff that happens in the town Yep. in the city during the day. There are yep. people that make armour and they're the people that dead, buy and they, sell stuff. And... The loyal dead are operating at all times. They, it's not that they come out at night yep. time. Okay. They operate at all hours. You, you also have the people that work in Crimson Nibbler. Mm. They make the food that you buy that does strange things to you. And then there are Only the, the special does Only that. The special. And then there are the reputable people that have their own reputable shops, the lady I spoke to that sells magic items. Yep. There, there is a whole stack of industry that happens there and when you look at the population as a whole and you look at where we are yep and we are the people that go out and perform tasks yep as a percentage of the population the number of people that do what we do is tiny yeah yeah of course really really so tiny we are an insignificant component their armies are bigger than all of the people that do what we do combined so mercenaries within these environments that we talk about uh well, speaking of which, this kind of goes ties back to something that I'm wondering if you remember during the conversation. If I remember, I never remember. Do you, okay, well, we'll see. During the conversation with the money lender, you guys had said one thing. You guys were having a conversation with him, Orakinek Menace, and it was getting to the point of like, well, who are you guys type stuff? And you're like, well, we are the Gray Company and we are mercenaries and at blah 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 blah. And eventually got to the point of you guys threw in the pallid court. And he had a response to about the pallid court. Do you remember what that was? No. I don't remember. I, I know that we... Fill it we, up. We said some... Because I want some too. Yeah. Um, we did say we knew the people at the pallid court. And we told him who we knew. 
But he was, didn't he lend money to someone? He said, when you guys started talking about the pallet court, his response about the pallet court was, oh yeah, those guys are really strapped for cash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that one. Yeah. So... It's interesting because because you asked me, do I remember these things? Well, because I want your reaction to it is what I want. And it it doesn't dawn on me that I don't remember it. But if we were playing a game, if we were in game and you said something that related to that, my response would be, they can't do that. They haven't got any money. (laughs) And you'd say, how do you know that? I'd say, I have no idea how I know that. I know they haven't got any money. It's something that happened in the last year or so. It's, it's there. It comes back in, in, in a fuzzy method that, yes, they have no money, so in what way? Yeah, and, and so they have no food to eat and they have no cash. Yeah. Without the money, the, the, what, happen, what will happen with them is that they will be unable to... It's me, isn't it? They've got a kettle boiling in the background. Yeah, the, the kettle does yeah. it. I, I was but wondering. only when I'm talking. It's the gate. What's happening is that the... No, no, you can't fix it. The volume of the kettle is low enough that it won't trigger the gate. Yeah. But when I talk, I trigger the gate and yep. it picks up the background. There's nothing you can do about Freaking it. condenser mics. It's okay. It's all right. We'll it is what it is. Anyways, but yeah... We'll go on with the kettle and the background noise. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so, they, so their situation is that they have no money, they have no food... Without money, they can't acquire food. They're going to starve to death and die. Well, here's the other thing, too. is The last time you guys were at the pallet court, you met up with Fatma and Jafar, mm-hmm. which you guys were... These guys are shady, 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 shady. What the hell are they doing? And you've put a heat here. You've put them here. They're against each other, and I love it. It's great. And It could actually be completely wrong. And Our you guys were like... Completely wrong. Well, where's our payment for bringing you this? Because Ahit promised us payment. And, and Fatma was like, well, you got to wait until Ahit gets back. Well, yeah. where's Ahit? Oh, well, she's off in Nodia. And then you talk to Barry, and Barry's like, oh, no, no, she headed out to meet with What's-Her-Face. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, mm, contradiction, which is the truth. But this is what I was bringing this around to, was you just heard they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Or they're strapped for cash is what it mm-hmm. was. And... So what does that mean? So strapped for cash, the Council of Santa's got them closed off. Yeah. So my, my whole point around that was, you know, I'm, I'm just ex- excited to introduce things that, that can, you know, put spanners in the work for you guys. It adds value. I mean, that adds value to what we see going on. Well, they're threads. Uh, you know, this is me throwing yeah. out threads, looking for opportunities to throw out threads. Because all yeah. things said and done, I... I the fact that the pallet court is strapped for cash, I was always wondering, how will you guys ever find that out? Because, I mean, it's not like one of these people are going to tell you we're strapped for cash. People of the interwebs, are you thinking, Damn it, man. Is this an abrupt end of the episode? Yep, you are right. Indeed, this episode is definitely not finished and has been sundered, split in twain. But there's a light. Return in just one week. Our discussion will be concluded. Until then, bye-bye.